to Mystery Beers episode number 246 of... Brutal Battle. Yep, doing another one once again. Beers provided by Kelly and Kyle Norman. Shout out to their little one, Olivia. Who's not so little anymore. Yes. We said that a few times when I we know. bring her up. Yeah. But she's still their little one. She, she will yes. still always be their little one. No matter how big or little she is. Exactly, exactly. So... Thanks to them, they packaged up these beers so that we could pour them and not see what they are. So both of us are blind for this, so true Mystery Beers episode. Uh, the last two that we did were good beers. I, they were scores of three sixes and a five overall. Yeah. So that's really good. So I'm Solid hoping that lineup. holds. Yeah. Hoping that holds. I mean, when he gave us the beers, he did say they're all from good breweries. And that's all he said. So they should be good, hopefully. Yeah, we'll find out. So we do have a topic to talk about, but we also just wanted to do another warm-up beer. So we pulled something out of the cellar this time, something that when I was kind of naming off some things in the cellar to Rebecca, she really keyed in on and was like, ooh, let's do that one. So what is it, Rebecca? It's by Revolution Brewing. It's their Death's, Death's Tar, a stout age in bourbon barrels. It's 13.5%. And they are out of Chicago, Illinois. And we picked this one up years ago. It's been in the cellar for a while. Now, I tried to look at the date code on it, but the stamp of it didn't fully take. So from what I can tell, it's either from 2015 or 2016. So at this point, it's either six years in the bottle or five years in the bottle. Okay. So sorry, we can't pin it down. And this is in a 22-ounce bottle, and they had it also in like a cardboard... Like, uh, what am I trying to say? Rectangle packaging that had like some very nice stuff outside, outs on the outside of it. It's from their wood series is what they call it. All their barrel age stuff, they just call their wood series, which they put out some awesome stuff. Uh, go back and listen to one of our earlier episodes of beer mail. Cause my friend Matt Harvey had sent us a bunch of their beers, uh, including, I think it was the regular Destar their cafe death and like one with vanilla. So anyway, getting into this one, excited for this. So even if the uh, mystery beers aren't so great, I have a feeling that this will be pretty good. Hope so. Oh, I didn't pour you first. It's not like it necessarily matters what it's we drink so from. Dark. Yeah, I'm not gonna pour a lot because I don't know how much you want on podcast versus off a podcast. But the bottle is right here. You may pour more for yourself okay. if you need it. So let's take a look. Oh, it looks like it's a very high ABV yeah. Imperial Stout. I mean, stout. it's very dark. Hoping to get a good amount of bourbon, but I'm also hoping that it wasn't totally overtaken by astringency over the time it's been in the bottle. It's so bourbon-y. Is it? It looks so dark. There's some kind of like, when you swirl it up, some pretty large bubbles just hang hanging out. Good lacing on the side because it's higher ABV. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's a lot of bourbon. A lot of wood, a lot of caramel, a lot yeah. of vanilla. Yep, yep, yep. Agreed. There's a little bit of raisin to it because of the mm -hmm. higher ABV. I do get some slight chocolate. It's mm -hmm. more of like a dark chocolate because it's got like a bitter finish on the nose. But um, really nice bourbon on the nose. Like like you're saying, like the caramel vanilla, it's a lot of the caramel vanilla. There is a decent amount of woodiness too from the oak aspect, which I like. I love yeah. how that kind of mixes in there. This is a very good nose. Especially considering how long it's been in the bottle. So I'm really hoping that it tastes mm, the way it smells. It does. Does it? Yeah. What do you think? Ooh, yeah. Real tasty. 
It like starts off with like the wood, mm-hmm. the caramel, the vanilla, and then it finishes real chocolatey. Yeah, and it's it's got because you know you can get kind of like a tannic quality, like you get in red wines from wood from barrel aging, and you get some of that up front along with the taste of the wood. It's good. And then, yeah, it just starts imparting these other flavors, that nice kind of dark chocolate to it. I get a slight kind of like coffee roast on okay, there. I could see on that. On the finish. I could see that. You definitely perceive the booze. It's real boozy. Yeah, it's pretty boozy. The body is less than I assumed it would be. It's a little thin for 13.5% in my opinion. It's not offensively But it's thin, still good. Though. Yeah, the astringency is... Probably a lot more pronounced than it was when it was fresh. I assume it was probably more um, heavy on the dark chocolate when it first was bottled as opposed to what it is now. And the astringency was hidden a lot more by that dark chocolate. But it's still good. I like like it. Yeah. A lot of bourbon, a lot of wood. Just like on the nose. But it's tasty. Vanilla, caramel, a little bit of that raisin like we were talking about. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm down. Okay, so our topic, there's an article from, let me pull up what the exact website is, Craft Brewing Business. That's the name of the website. So it's free articles on there. So the article I found that I was like, let's talk about this. Cold IPAs on the rise. And I was like, what is a cold IPA? The only time I had heard of a cold IPA was when we were at Brewery Fire, and we were talking to Jesse, and he had a beer on tap called, that he was calling a hot IPA, which he said it was basically just a, a way to kind of poke fun at cold IPAs, because that started to become a thing, and I was like, I don't even really know what that is. So, reading this article gave the idea of what it is. So maybe, listeners out there, you already know what a cold IPA is, but we're going to tell you about it, and then just kind of give our feelings about this style, and if we think it's something that'll actually take off, uh, if we think it's something we want, yeah, basically. So there were some specific snippets that I wanted to read off that I took screenshots of. The first one being this, a quote. We were shooting to make something to contrast the New England IPA, a strong punch of aromatic hop intensity and high bitterness, but finishes crisp and clean, leaving the drinker craving another sip. Whereas most IPAs use an American ale yeast for a malty base that plays well with hop fruit notes, the new style calls for a lighter, cleaner base. So they get that through doing lager yeast for it. So instead of using ale yeast like it normally is, they're doing a lager yeast to get that cleaner aspect to it. Uh, Here's another uh, few quotes. The intention behind cold IPA is to streamline some of the clunkiness behind IPL, India Pale Lagers. So it seems like this is kind of like the next step of the IPL, like refining that style in a sense. Another quote, uh, there are some great IPLs out there, but many of them are just IPAs brewed with lager yeast rather than a lager built from the ground up to accept that level of hopping. Hmm. Which is interesting because this is basically taking the opposite approach of what they're saying happened for the creation of the IPL style in the first place. They're basically just like, make it, you know, think of it as an IPA first and then put, you know, do something loggery to it. Where this is like, think of it as a logger first and then make it into an IPA from there. Mm-hmm. So you're like, like it says, like building a nice base right. that you can then 
complement with some good hopping on top. So it sounds like a better idea, in my opinion. And then the have last, a foundation. Yeah. And then the last little bit I had was that um, this particular brewer was saying that they've had interest in, you know, their knowledge being spread to other brewers. And he cited the places, Poland, Japan, Spain, and Florida. <laughs> Which is weird because it's like all countries in the state of Florida. And then Florida. So I'm like, okay, but I don't know. Maybe other states in the United States are interested, but yeah. So your thoughts, Rebecca, out of the gate. Are you excited for this? it's interesting. I don't, I mean, it's still an IPA. Right. How many iterations of IPA really are there? Yeah. And have there been? It's hard to get excited about something that... It kind of already exists. Right. Like, I think you're just calling it a different, you're just calling it something different. Well, I kind of feel like that this, I know they're saying that this is kind of like a refinement of the IPL, but I kind of feel like it might more play like session IPAs. If people remember when that was a thing for like maybe a year, maybe a little bit more than a year, they were doing session IPAs where they're like super low ABV and really light and, but just like a lot of hop. And a lot of people referred to them as basically like hop water because they didn't really have much of like a actual viscosity to them. They didn't have much of a backbone to it. It was just like all the hop flavor and just like nothing to back it up for the most part, like no maltiness there. Um, I did find some session IPAs I liked at the time, but that style has died since basically. Just like the black IPA has pretty much died, although you can find some here and there. Uh, also was referred to as Cascadian Dark Ale, which Cascadian Dark Ale finds, uh, finds sounds cooler, but uh, I, Black IPA would probably sell more, in my opinion. But yeah. that's a moot point, because people don't want Black IPAs anymore. I thought they were awesome. Just basically taking a really dark base and making it nice and hoppy, which I always kind of think of something kind of like Storm King by Victory Brewing, because... That is an imperial stout that usually has a lot more hopping to it. But all that said, my take on it is I'm open to try it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm assuming it's going to be better, in my opinion, than New England style IPAs overall. Because that, as we've talked about on the podcast, has become such a bastardized style. Like it started with Hetty Topper and then people were trying to emulate Hetty Topper and then other people just took it and were like, oh, it's just about how hazy it looks. We, it doesn't really matter what it tastes like. And that's what it's really turned into, is just making it look hazy over having it taste good. And a lot of it just tastes like garbage. Uh, a lot of it's just kind of like bitter and yeasty and not a whole lot of flavor to it. So the good breweries are still doing a good job, but yeah. So I am all all in on, I'm all in for bringing in a new type of IPA. If it can get rid of the, at least some of the hype around these New England style IPAs. Like, get rid of the hazies. I'm not, get rid of the bad ones at least. And then, but then maybe (laughs) this is just a new style that people can take and screw up. Wow. Because eventually that would happen. But I like the the idea of doing doing it like a lager that's like well hopped. Because that sounds awesome to me. Like, mm-hmm. I can drink a beer where I get a really nice hoppy flavor, but it finishes, like, nice, crisp, and clean, like a nice lager. That sounds pretty awesome to me, yeah. actually. 
so, style we would be down with. Yeah. So we'll have to keep an eye out for some cold IPAs. I think the name is stupid. Don't you? I mean, what do you think about the name? Ambivalent? You like it? Yeah, I have no opinion. I think it's dumb. I think they should have come up with something else. I don't really know what what you would call it, but cold IPA just sounds kind of, I don't know. It sounds kind of dumb in my opinion, which I think is what Jesse was making fun of, with being like, here's a hot IPA. Mm-hmm. But apparently when they're making these cold IPAs, they're actually fermenting it a little higher temperature-wise than you would a traditional lager. So... There is a bit of a difference with doing regular loggers, but I'm in. I'm I'm down with it. I'm I'm always down to consider new styles. It could very easily be a mess, though. Yeah, we don't know. Your thoughts, finishing thoughts, any of them? I don't have any. I mean, I don't. I don't have a strong opinion about this topic at all mm-hmm. because to me, just it's just whatever. another. Yeah, it's just another name for another style of IPA. Yeah, and I think that also, like, when you've been drinking beers for as long as we have, you, come, you like, see these styles come and go all the time. So you start to, like, not get phased by the fact that there's, like, a new style coming because you're just, like, that could be gone in a matter of months, basically. Like, how, how much of a fad is it? Yeah, yeah. Like, we were talking about, like, session IPAs. Like, it was hot for, like, a minute, and then it was gone. Some people still make them, but... Yeah, that's true. But this could be like the new session IPA. So I feel like that's basically all we need to say about that article. Interesting, though. Um, how are you feeling about the Death Star still? The alcohol perception's really starting it's to build growing. on me. Yep. And I think that's because it's warming up more. Yeah, and the astringency is really building. So yeah. I'm not liking it as much as I did before. It's, yeah, it, it's, it's more astringent. It's getting a little heavier on the bitterness. Yeah. Which I think it, it's helping the perception of the coffee roastiness that I said I was getting at the end. But it's kind of hurting, like, that chocolatey and the caramel and vanilla. Yeah. I'm not sure how much more I'm going to drink, to be honest. Also, the wood is becoming even more pronounced in, like, an unbalanced yeah. kind of way. So, yeah. Yeah. Colder, pretty good. Warmer, not so great. So I guess the real lesson here, don't let it go that long. Because we've had fresh Death Star before and loved it. I think that what I'm learning in general is, though, what beers do you age? Well, Nothing. No, there are ones that actually do good with time. It's just like you got to hit the sweet spot for those beers. Like, remember when we had that, like, was it like four or five-year-old uh, Dogfish 120? And that was awesome. It tasted like a light barley wine. It was really, really tasty. So, like, beers like that, I feel like those age pretty well. But something like this, maybe three or four years on it, but at five or six, it's definitely past its prime. So, yeah. Yeah. Drink stuff fresh for the most part, though. Like, you can age some stuff, but it's really risky. And if you, you know... Flavors fall out. Yeah, and if it hurts you when you're reaching for these bottles and cans to to pay for definitely don't let them sit because you may just be drain pouring it so anyway that leads us to mystery beer let's do it the mystery beer so both of them are relatively light looking yeah uh we haven't been able to kind of know what we're going to be pouring so you just go with what you find (laughs) when you when you pour it out yeah that's puree 
Subire looks really yellow. Very yellow, very clear. I mean, it looks like maybe a really light IPA or a Pilsner mm. lager of some type. Yeah. I don't know. Just rolling it up. Oh, it's got some hay to it. Yeah, hay and honey. Hay and honey. It smells a little pilsnery. It, it definitely does. smells pilsnery. Yeah. A little biscuity. Yeah, nice and biscuity. Yeah, the way that hay, honey, and biscuit is really coming together is very nice. Definitely like a pilsnery type smell, yeast wise. Smells crisp and clean, and it smells like a dream, in my opinion. Yeah, it smells good. This smells nice super and light. Yeah, nice and light, probably low ABV. Nice, easy sipper. Mmm, it's delicious. Ooh. It is like all those flavors nice, light, refreshing, crisp. It's a little more drying than I was expecting. It definitely saps a decent amount of moisture out of my tongue. It doesn't go all the way, though. Like, I've definitely had beers like this. They're even more drying, but it was just a little surprising that it was as drying as it is. Give me a little orange. Yes. Yeah, I get a slight kind of like dehydrated orange yeah. to it. It's kind of light. I get the biscuitiness. I get the hay. I get the honey. Those things are definitely there. Super easy. Mm-hmm. Definitely kind of like a pilsnery taste on there. Yeah, very easy to drink. So easy to drink. Yeah, that's good. I like yeah, that. I like it too. Yeah. That's, There's yeah. not a whole lot to say. Yeah, it's I know. It's kind of like it's it, exactly it's what we said. Tastes how it smells. Do you want some water to cleanse your palate before we go to beer B? Now beer B is a lot darker, but it's also pretty light. It's um yeah, like an orangey. amber. Yeah, like orangey amber. Oh, the first one was very clear. This yeah. is like a slight haze to it. This one even more clear, yeah. I would say. Oh, this is interesting. Oh, there's cinnamon in there. There's definitely cinnamon in this. Maybe some nutmeg. Maybe some maple. Definitely cinnamon. Definitely cinnamon. There's a bunch of like underlying honey that's at play here too. Could be something pumpkin. Yeah, I feel like it's it's like a nutmeg, cinnamon, clove, like yeah. all those warming spaces. And then some honey. Like the I, I think the honey's kind of rolling into just like an overall malty sweetness in there. I don't know about this. It smells like pumpkin pie. It smells so it reminds me a little bit of what was it, Lancaster Brewing Company that did like the baked pumpkin pie. Yeah, it's like a pumpkin pie one that's that's supposed to have like marshmallow to mm-hmm. it as well. It smells a little like that to me. I think it smells good. I'm not sure if it smells good for a beer, but I do like the way. It yeah, smells. I because you know me, I'm finicky with the spices in beer, so I don't. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Going in for a drink. It's not bad. Ooh, ooh, it's a little spicy. There's peppers in that. What is this? It's hot. So. It's definitely spicy. Yeah. Either there's actual, like, hot peppers in it, because I'm definitely feeling that burn, or there's so much cinnamon in it that it's literally, like, burning my throat. I think that's what it is, because I can't imagine you would have the cinnamon nutmeg that we were perceiving on the nose, and then peppers. That wouldn't go together. I can't really taste much because of the heat yeah. to it. And that that's one of my problems with eating and drinking stuff that has a heat to it. Is that I, like, I have a hard time tasting anything other than that. It kind of, like, numbs my um, taste buds. So, 
Uh, I do get the cinnamon aspect to it. Yeah. But it's very, yeah. very cinnamony and then spicy, peppery. Yeah. Cinnamon and pepper with the heat. And I mean, then some malt sweetness. Ginger can give it that heat too, though. Yeah, but I don't taste ginger. No. I don't like this, really. I don't either. I, I don't think it's... I don't, no, I don't I think it could it has potential if it wasn't as it wasn't so hot. Yeah, I'm not I'm not into it. Okay, I'm ready. I'm not into it. I'm going to go back to A though. If there aren't peppers in there, that's a big problem in my opinion. I'm <laughs> like interested to see problem. what that is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting beer. Like I like having beers like this on the podcast because it's just interesting to try weird stuff like this, mm-hmm. um, and it's good for the podcast, I guess, because it is more interesting for listeners, too, but yeah. Okay, so ratings, what are you thinking? Beer A, I'm going to give a five. Okay. And beer B, I'm going to give a two. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, yep, I'm going a two on beer B as well, so that's an overall a two, loser, uh, and I'm going a four on beer A. So that's a winner, obviously, this episode, overall 4.5. Yeah, that's good. So I guess we'll reveal B first. Yes, that's what we do. Okay, that is what we do. But Why were you questioning yourself? Well, we could also change it because that's the more weird, interesting one. Do that last. But, okay, we'll do it first. So overall two, not, not that great. It's called Groovin Slowly... Blonde Ale by Spoonwood Brewing Company. Okay. And they're out of Pittsburgh, I believe. Are they? Or a Pittsburgh uh, suburb, at least. Yes, they're out of Pittsburgh. Spoonwood Brewing LLC what is out of it? Pittsburgh. It's a blonde ale. It's 5.7% alcohol. Blonde ale with cinnamon, cayenne, cocoa, and vanilla beans. Well, let me tell you. You perceive no vanilla, no cocoa, just cinnamon and cayenne. And that's it. Yeah. In my opinion, this is a fail. Let me see if there's a date code. No date code, so that's a double fail. Um, yeah. It's not, I mean, it's it's nice that you added the cocoa and vanilla, but it was for nothing, really. I'm trying it again. Yeah, it's, it's just dominated by cinnamon and cayenne. Yeah. Like, that's it. So, not a good beer. That's a fail. Like, good concept... If they would have dialed the, the cayenne way back, uh, I think it potentially could have helped a lot. Uh, they probably needed to dial down the cinnamon a little bit, too. Then that way you could actually leave room for the cocoa and the vanilla, and the vanilla to actually shine. Because obviously yeah. cayenne and cinnamon are just very strong flavors. Right. You have to be super careful with this stuff. So, nah, not a fan. So let's see what we did like. Yeah. And I actually, like... My pouring was bad because I'm pouring like, and it's in a bag. Like the bag ends up being like at the edge of the lip. So like my pores get really screwed up. Also, I've had problems with my pores. As yeah, we the know. bag's all wet. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So I have a napkin under it, but all right. So the winner of the episode overall 4.5, pretty good beer. Oh, Dancing Gnome. Also from Pittsburgh. This is their Marbled Hearts and it is... 4.5%. Love nice. that. Okay, I started to think this, but I didn't say it. It's a cream ale. Cream ale. Because I, I was like, it does taste a little bit similar base 
to the old Thunder Streetlight Stars that we had in the last Mystery Beers episode, and that was a cream ale. Um, oh, they also um, list some flavor text on this. They say the hops are with Cascade. It's done with Cascade hops. And then the notes, they say a beautiful classic with bright notes of marmalade. That was the orange you were mm-hmm. getting. Grapefruit. No. Not get the grapefruit. And honeysuckle. Yeah, honey. I, I honey. see the honeysuckle. <clears throat> Um, okay, yeah. I mean, we've typically liked Dancing Gnome. They actually do some solid hazies. Yeah. And other stuff, but... Man, my mouth is still... Burning. My throat is, like... Yeah. The cayenne's too tickly. much. Real tickly. Yeah, the cayenne's too much in that spoonwood. That's... I a, can handle, like, a little tick. Like, I want a little tickle. Yeah. But not... Well, and like we were saying, is, like, the level it's at makes sure that you can't taste much of anything else, other than the cinnamon, because the cinnamon is a strong spice. So the cinnamon just, like manages to burst through the cayenne, but there is no way the cocoa or the vanilla would ever get through that level of cayenne pepper. Like it's just way, it's, it's out of kilter, but this, uh, this marbled hearts tasty, quite good. We will finish that for sure. The spoonwood beer is definitely a drain pour. Unfortunately, this death star as it warms up might be a drain pour as well. Let me take one more sip. I, I finished what was in my glass, but I did give myself more, but I think I'm done after that. Yeah. The astringency bitterness wood is becoming almost all you taste as it yeah. as it warms up. Unfortunately, um, since we're not digging it so much, <laughs> we haven't done this in a while. I just decided to get a little sciency with it, and what I had left of the Destar, I poured some of that Spoonwood beer into. Let's see what happens. Um, not that bad. I'm going to be honest. Uh, not bad. Hmm, interesting. That's actually pretty good. It dials down the cinnamon and peppers for sure. Well, here's the thing. There was like caramel and vanilla at play in the Destar, so you're actually getting that now. And you're getting a little bit of heat, a very small amount yeah. of heat from the cayenne and less cinnamon. Yeah. That's actually better than either of these two beers separate. Yeah, I could see that. That's actually good. That is good. Huh. I'm glad I took a chance on that. Maybe we should do that more often in these episodes. Just be like, well, we okay, like now... Stuff. I mean, we have entire episodes for that, which we haven't done one of those in a while. We need to do another um, Blend It Yourself. Those are always fun. I always think back when I think about those episodes, think back to the one I did with the tea bags. Oh, where I took certain beers and dipped different tea bags in it. There was some really good stuff there. Like, you want to make your own mint chocolate stout? Uh, just get a good base stout and get some peppermint tea. tea and just dunk it. Like, it's good. There were some other good ones in that, but search for that episode. Which, by the way, if you go to brutalbattle.com, all the episodes are there. Or search archive.org. Because they don't show up. All the episodes don't show up on all podcatchers. But... Also, on the topic of podcatchers, do us a favor and rate us and review us on whatever podcatcher you use. iTunes helps us the most, so we appreciate that the most. But uh, also, word of mouth. Tell people about the podcast and Instagram. Brutal Battle Podcast. I'm on Twitter, but the only thing that's really going to Twitter beer-wise at this point through my account is what's linked to Untapped. So you might as well just go to Untapped and be friends. So, you are Rebecca C., right? Yep. And I'm Carlin C. or Carlin Cook. Uh, so, find us that way. And be our virtual friends, because we like friends. If you want to get in contact with us just to say hi or give us ideas for the show or 
get recommendations on beers. Uh, BrutalBattlePodcast at gmail.com. I think that's everything. I think that's it. I think that's just about it. So, everyone, thank you so much. Thank you, Kelly and Kyle Norman, very much for providing these beers. It's always interesting and fun. And it had been a while since we'd really been doing many Mystery Beers episodes. So, it's great to return to where the podcast mm-hmm. started, basically. Uh, really enjoy it. But thanks, everyone, for going on this journey with us. Until next time. Keep it brutal. Keep it brutal.